0: Are you concerned that exposing your kids to the news might evoke confusion and fear in their hearts? Do you avoid discussing what's going on in the world as a means to protect your kids from evil? Would you like to be able to help your kids navigate the spiritually and culturally challenging situations presented in the news, and then see how God is working through it all? Then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoy this podcast and want to help support our ministry, one great way you can do that is by purchasing Ginger's resources directly from her website instead of other online retailers. And stay tuned until the end of this episode to receive a discount code on your purchase at gingerhubbard.com. Thank you so much for your support, listeners. This enables us to further our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. Do your kids just love getting mail? Do you go to the mailbox with them and sift through the mountain of paper, like coupon for mold removal? Yeah, don't need that, hopefully. Electric bill, ouch. Bathing suit magazine you didn't request? Um, No, thank you. But what if your kids went to the mailbox with you to find an engaging current events magazine just for them, presented from a biblical worldview? God's World News is just that, and so much more. They offer bi-monthly print magazines and corresponding online content that will walk your kids through current events in age-appropriate ways, from toddlers all the way to teens. Just go to gwnews.com/ginger to get a free copy of God's World News. Again, that's gwnews.com/ginger to help your kids build their news literacy so they can better live out the gospel. Well, hey there, Ginger. I know you're really excited as I am to have Kelsey Reed back on our show today. Oh man, Katie, I sure am. Because the last time we
1: had Kelsey on, she shared some incredibly insightful and helpful information for how parents can build biblical literacy in their children. And we'll be sure to put a link to that in the show notes. Listeners, if you missed it, please go back and listen. That mm-hmm. was such A great episode, which makes me all the more eager today to hear what she has to say about how we can build news literacy in our kids. So Katie, how about you go
0: uh, right ahead and introduce Kelsey to our listeners? Kelsey Reed is the news coach for God's World News, where she helps parents, grandparents, educators, and ministry workers engage in conversations with kids and teens about the spiritually and culturally challenging situations presented in the news today. Kelsey provides factual content and context, sound biblical perspective, and icebreaking tips to help adults engage young believers in discussions about the news and specifically how God's hand is at work in it. Kelsey studied at Covenant Theological Seminary, and she and her husband and their three daughters live in Western North Carolina. Kelsey, it is so great to have you back on the show today. Welcome. Oh, it's good to be back. Kelsey,
1: we don't have to watch the news to realize that we are living in crazy, insane times, times that promote wrong is right and evil is good. And it just seems that everywhere our kids turn, they're being exposed to anti-Christian propaganda and people who are promoting and living in ways that completely defy God. Then when we do turn to the news outlets, most seem to be fueled by much of the same. Throw in a little hysteria and fear, and it's no wonder. Why parents are not so eager to expose their kids to the news today. But, Kelsey, why is it important that kids know about news and what's going on in the world? And how does it connect with
2: the work of discipleship? Well, when I first started working at God's World News about a year ago, My daughter was six, and she started listening to The World and Everything in It and watching World Watch with me and sitting down to read the news in the God's Big World publication that we have. And she looked at me one day and she said, Mommy, we need to know about what's going on in the world so that we can know what to do in it. Mm I love how she got it that quickly. Her little heart was ready to think about what it means to engage with this world for the glory of the Father. Mm -hmm. So we need to know about what's going on so that we can understand more of what agents of the Father, agents of the Redeemer, agents of the kingdom coming can do to bring that kingdom through our acts of service, through our prayers, even through our vocation and I don't mean just even through because every work that we do in this world that we get to we get to hear a little bit about when we hear uh, just even the environment discussed or architecture and archaeology you know we see the the things that we are discovering that are reported in the news these give our children even a glimpse of the varied vocations out there so we know what is going on in the world we need to know about it not merely to become more of who we are but also to help draw others into the kingdom that is coming so i would say when we're informed and we have a sense of these things that you're talking about ginger the brokenness we i think have our compassion really coached And where we can see the hunger that is there, that people are often filling with all the wrong things, and that it stokes our our compassion to engage and to share the hope that we have found. So that is one of the major reasons, parents, that... When we look at the news, this is important for our children to know, too, because it is developing in them that greater awareness and compassion, just as Jesus looked out onto the world and was moved by compassion as he looked into it.
0: Okay, so as I think about the news, Kelsey, Mm -hmm. and as I think about my response when I watch or listen to or read from most news Mm outlets— Uh, stirring up compassion in my heart is not necessarily the first place I would go. So this is what I'm just so drawn to with world and all of the resources that you all have is that is the place where you start. That is the, the genesis of world is from this place of we are all sinners and, but, but for the grace of God, we would be where these people are. Mm. And so starting at that place of compassion is so important to frame everything we do with our kids, but especially in um, talking to them about the news and letting them be informed. And I think sheltering our children is important, but also, you know, when it's appropriate, exposing them to certain things that are happening so that they're prepared, so that they're not surprised. So Kelsey, can you help us find in Scripture um, some support for having this paradigm shift for some of us. Some of us, it's a paradigm shift because we grew up watching hysterical news, uh, and this Mm. is not that. So help us find some support in Scripture for taking this approach.
2: So I think
0: one of the things
2: that I would want to just camp out in is actually Paul's methodology. So Mm. we see the Apostle Paul He was obviously one of those that once he was wrangled by the Spirit and brought into an understanding of what was going on with this Jesus, that he brought everything that he knew to bear on bringing the gospel out to the nations. And he knew a bunch about Scripture— You know, and we talked last time that we were together that our biblical knowledge, our biblical literacy informs our news literacy. It helps us to understand what's going on in the world and to categorize it through a healthy perspective on capital T truth. Well, the Apostle Paul was one who knew the scripture forwards and back. But he surprises us in Acts 17, perhaps we're surprised by it, by seeing how much he knows of worldly literature, the poets. He knows all that is going on deeply in the cultures that he's seeking to engage, Mm. and now, our modern day, we have news that comes far too often, you know, far more often than the Greek poets might have uh, produced something. Um, but it is the main means by which we can know the world around us and to know the language of the world, the philosophies, just as what we saw in Acts 17, we see that Paul knew the philosophies. He saw even the Greeks' desires to uh, name the unknown God in their thinking to make sure that they had all their bases covered. And so he even was able to see their anxiety of going, Ah, we need to make sure that we cover all the bases so that all the potential gods are pleased with us. He was able to see their anxiety to engage them with compassion and with a depth of knowledge. Again, in our world, the quickest way for us to understand the thinking of those around us is by see how they're telling their own stories, how they're talking about current events.
0: And I love that as Paul aged and deepened in his faith, his humility grew, and he said he was the chief of sinners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so many of us find ourselves, especially in our social media responses to one another. And when we post and repost things from the news, we find ourselves as the chief of um, (laughs) everything but humility. (laughs) Uh, We become an expert in everything and we speak Mm. to things we don't know anything about. And so Mm. I just appreciate Paul's humility as he grew in his faith. And so I I love that he could be our example for Mm. that as we're engaging the culture around us. Are we posting things so we can be knowledgeable so we can be right? Or are we posting things so we can reach the lost around us?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to the question that we asked Kelsey last time we had her on the show. How does biblical literacy inform news literacy. And I love that, you know, the example that Paul gave there, I thought, what in the world, where is she going to pull an example out of scripture? But truly (laughs) God really has given us everything Mm. we need for life and godliness, Mm. including the example of how to talk to our kids about what's going on in our world today Mm. and how it points to uh, the beginning and the end, what Christ has already uh, done, what's going to how this is going to end. We know how it's going to end because we have the truths of God's word right in front of us. And that brings hope. It even brings excitement in some of the bad things that are happening because we're getting closer and closer (laughs) to everything being fulfilled and us being Mm. with Christ and all of his glory when all of these bad things will be no more. So Mm. we look at these bad things and we have hope and encouragement. When we point our children to God's word and and talk about how God is moving, even in some of these things that are challenging and difficult to understand, mm-hmm. um, you know, our kids they're just constantly bombarded with conflicting opinions, even in the church, sadly about all sorts of things happening in the world right now. Uh, so, Kelsey, how can parents teach their children to be discerning about what they're hearing and to wisely engage in the world around them? And what are some good resources and tools
2: that parents can turn to to use at home with their kids? Well, I think that you set me up for a home run when you started talking about the way we engage online. Um, I don't know that I'm going to actually hit the home run, but I would like to just say this slowing down that we need to do Mm. as parents. First of all, as we slow ourselves down and engage discerningly with what's before us, we're modeling something for our children right then and there. You know, those actions speak far louder than any words that we might use to try to coach them about discernment. Mm. You know, the posture of our hearts uh, the the manner with which we move through the home, move out into culture, you know, are we engaged with that hope? I, I talked last time about needing to put the oxygen mask on myself, that this is an area of major conviction for me, that I need to tend to my own heart and tend to uh, just pouring the gospel into it. You know, if I am tending to my heart, then my manner— what flows out of me is that hope is joy is a recognition that the end of the story has already been written that we've we've been able to read it and we can have the confidence in his kingdom coming, that he's having the last word, that many are the plans in the mind of a man, but the Lord's purposes will stand. Mm. You know, if I'm remembering all those things, I'm acting those things into the environment in which I'm raising my children. Mm. And I'm acting that out online. <laughs> and uh, if you have teenagers like I do, they might even be seeing how you're acting it out yes. online because they have social media as well. And if so, they don't see it yet, it lives forever. <laughs> that's they'll right, see it they'll see
0: it someday. Exactly.
2: Oh, uh, won't that give me a, an opportunity <laughs> for repentance? <Yeah>. And so, <laughs> which is another wonderful thing mm. when we're talking about teaching our children discernment about what they're hearing and specifically about wisely engaging. There's so much opportunity to say, oops, I did that wrong. Mm-hmm. And to help them in their discernment by you pointing to the ways that you have reason to repent and you have reason to think again about the hope that has been given, about the narrative that you know, in Christ and that, that that narrative is the foundation for all things it's the thing that uh, out of which the lord created was out of his authority that's the story we're telling is he is god and we are not So our discernment begins with um, just ourselves, with recognizing, you know, we need to be thinking about what we're believing and how that translates into our actions and that that really will shape our children in their discernment as well and how they engage and whether they're going to engage with discouragement, despair, or whether they're going to engage
0: with hope and confidence, Have you ever been at a total loss for how to explain to your kids some of the really hard things they've seen in our culture or in the news? Sometimes I resort to distraction, like, hey, who wants ice cream? Because I'm just not sure how to rightly respond. This is why I'm so excited about a new podcast that is stepping in to meet that need. The podcast is called Concurrently. And each episode is full of practical help so that we can teach our kids how to develop news literacy and biblical discernment. To find out more, visit concurrentlypodcast.com, and you can listen to new episodes of Concurrently every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts.
2: You asked about some tools. Um... I I talk about a number of them in my blog. It's a little bit hard to unpack them in a podcast. We've found that to be the case when we're talking on concurrently, that we need to write supplemental material or point to those supplemental materials. But part of the slowing down process, um, it's something that you do when you're actually critically thinking and reading, when you're asking questions instead of just drawing knee-jerk conclusions So some of the methods that we might recommend for parents who are familiar with classical education, uh, they have some great tools in the dialectic, which some of your listeners may not be quite ready for that stage. But uh, Charlotte Mason is great about affirming that as well, that asking your children what they're seeing in the world, what they heard, slow down and think about what you have observed and what you have experienced And uh, I'm happy to point to some of those resources on my blog, too. We use a method both for Bible study but also for looking at the world. It's called the SOAR method, and it helps us to slow down and interrogate ourselves, the word, the world. Mm -hmm. And we'll be sure to put a link to the blog so you can find that
1: easily in our show notes. Uh, Kelsey, I also just so appreciate, I'm going to go back to what you were talking about, putting that oxygen mask on ourselves first, um, because if we are not ourselves being filled with the word of God, we're not, it's not going to overflow out of us as it should. And I find you said that that's a struggle for you. And I can so relate to that. And I was just sitting here thinking, you know, why is that? And, and I, I don't know about you, but for me, so because I'm a teacher, so often when I'm having my personal time with the Lord, I'm so excited about what I'm reading that instead of thinking, how you know, how is how are you speaking to me about this Lord, I immediately went, how can I teach this to other people? I want to go share it with other people. So there's this balance, especially for teachers, to to sit in the presence of the Lord and Mm. just absorb his presence and and the holiness of his word and let it just penetrate our own hearts um, in our personal relationships with Jesus. And we have to do that. We have to have that personal time with him and not always be looking to the word just for how we can teach it to Mm. others. And that's a real struggle for me. So that Mm. that brought a lot of conviction what you were sharing there that I really need to um, ask the Lord You know, every time I'm spending time with him, you know, let clear my mind of what I do as a teacher. Let me fill fill me with your presence and teach me and convict me and and, and show me the things in my life and in my heart that I need to respond to. And then as as we empty ourselves of ourselves and are filled with the word of God then we're better equipped to go out and teach it to others. So I don't know why I got off on that tangent. It just really spoke <laughs> to me. I appreciate that. It has nothing oh. to do with what we're talking about on this show, but it just, I don't know, that just really spoke to me. Well, so
0: I appreciate that. Ginger, I think it actually does, because this is where my mind went when you were just saying that. Um, and I'm going to quote our pastor, I think, every episode. And thankfully, he's <laughs> coming on our show because I quote him all the time. But... Um, He just said this last Sunday, you know, our hearts are almost like a bowl and they are always overflowing, always. We are created to overflow. And so whatever we are filling that bowl with will overflow to our children, to the people around us. So there is no watching news. There is no reading the news. There is no listening to the news without that overflowing to the people around us. Mm. So it absolutely matters the time we spend in worship on our own. It matters uh, what we watch, what we listen to. And I'm very convicted by the words that are coming out of my own mouth right now because, you know, there are some podcasts or things I can listen to or watch and I'll be like, you know, it's really not affecting me. And my Mm. husband can see it on me. He says... You know what's going on? I'm like, I don't know why this murder podcast is really making me feel real down right now. Um, just, I couldn't possibly understand why. So anyway, I, I think it is relevant. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Where we receive our news, it mm-hmm. does matter. Um, it really does, and so taking something like World and God's World News and World Watch and all these things from a biblical perspective mm-hmm. is just so refreshing to our souls. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, and unfortunately, not everything that we put in us. I mean, there will be curriculum mm-hmm. that we come across that we need to read. It's going to either be in school. It's going to be in the world. These. Same tools that I'm encouraging that help us to slow down and to reframe to critically think to ask questions. Oh, by the way, I remember one of the episodes I've had a chance to listen of yours that I just loved. Dr. Rinton Raffin. Mm. Yes. Oh my god. Hey, right? yes. 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 So synthesize this material with his more excellent material. <laughs> Because slowing down to reframe the things that we've absorbed mm-hmm. and to interrogate it, like I've said again, to think about, wait a minute, before it gets down into that heart level where it's messing with my emotions, let me kind of stop it through this gate. Let me run it through these questions and, and go, halt, who goes there? You know, mm-hmm. what do you have to say to my thinking, my feeling, my action We need to be able to process those questions with material that may be less challenging to give our children that equipment for when they're going to meet eventually with more challenging material. And they need to have those abilities to just run it through or reframe it and say, wait a minute, what is it saying about humanity? What is it saying about God, about authority, about what's wrong with the world Um, and what the solution is to those things that are wrong. Does that line up with what I believe? Does it line up with what my parents have given me in terms of a Christian worldview and how it would answer those questions? Who's in control here? You know, what is this life all about? What's the problem? What's the solution that we are seeking here? Do I agree with that? We're going to be able to engage just with greater, again, confidence, hope, less anxiety, fear, uh, even less despair. The mental health crisis is huge right now in teens. And since I have two teens and am often speaking to parents of teens, that's a big deal for me right now on my screen. When we are able to ask questions of that input, before we even get to the place where our reservoir is full, we help to keep it to that place where we're not flooded with those emotions that really become chaotic and out of, uh, just out of control. Is, and really to, uh, sometimes to our demise. So taking the time to slow down, to pause, to maybe pause the input or maybe to interrogate the input for a little bit. That gives us some of the skills that we need for engaging a challenging world.
1: Yeah. And I love the questions you give as as we're listening to what's going on in our world, the questions we ask ourselves and the questions that we encourage our children to ask and answer for themselves because that's getting them to have a, a biblical worldview, to mm-hmm. think like a Christian, to 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 hold everything up to the truths of God's word and say, you know, how, how, what does God's word say about what's happening right now and where this is going and who is ultimately in control. So questions, that's just so good because in this social media and informative age, the volume of voices, perspectives, and, and sources, reliable and otherwise can feel like a hopelessly overwhelming firehouse of content. And as parents, we need to know how to sort through the mess of it all and to talk with our kids about the spiritually and culturally challenging content in the news today. Uh, So Kelsey, what are some ways that you're able to help parents build that news literacy through your work as news coach at God's World News? And go ahead and and explain what is God's World News and then talk Mm. about your work and, and how it's helping parents.
2: God's World News is our student division at World News Group and actually is where it all began. In 1982, I believe, is when we first started producing materials aimed at the youngest of children to talk to them about this world under the the title at that point, It's God's World. I think that was the very first publication. Its name was It's God's World. This uh, just lovely presentation of what's going on through uh, the the biblical framework of what's going on in the world. So we still serve students as young as three years old. Um, our youngest publication is God's Big World, and it's aimed for three to six year olds. And then we run all the way up through a world's. World Kids publication to World Teen, and the oldest subscriber is about 14 years old. That that uh, oldest division is for 11 to 14-year-olds.
0: But let me go ahead and put it out there that I mm. get a lot out of it, too. <laughs> I'm a little bit older than 14. <laughs> And it's a beautiful publication. I
2: love to sit down and read that alongside my daughter. My my youngest is the only one who's still really in the official pocket for those publications. (laughs) But just a beautiful presentation of what's going on in the world, both the good news and the challenging news. Mm -hmm. So I'm positioned in that place as the news coach aimed at helping to talk to Parents, educators, you did a great job of describing it earlier, Katie, in my bio. My role is about equipping parents. It's about standing in that familial place and recognizing that parents are primary in the lives of our children and that we are the ones who have the greatest impact because of that. And so if we can engage them while they're at home, with these processes, good content, helping them to taste what good content tastes like, and then also to supply them with those tools that they need for tackling the more challenging content. That's that's what I do. So I strive to build that news literacy as much by being an arrow towards great resources. I feel a lot like an arrow rather than one who really comes up with a bunch of my own material. But when um, I can't f- easily find things like those critical thinking tools, then I'll either try to cobble something together or to see what we can do for research to say, hey, this one's a great one. I, I mentioned classical education. Uh, I find that Aristotle's five common topics are an excellent way to slow down and chew on what is going on with this news story and where
0: did it come from. So another thing that I'm pointing to. Well, Kelsey, I think one of the hardest parts that I recall of school is when we would have to go, and this was when newspapers existed, I guess, you know, World War II apparently was when I was in school. And <laughs> so we would have to cut out newspaper articles mm-hmm. and paste them to our paper and then write a report on the news. Mm-hmm. And I found answering those questions to be so difficult mm-hmm. um, and probably even still, it is hard for me to decipher because I was never trained in critical thinking Mm -hmm. and when we had Renton on our show to talk about teaching our kids to think critically it hurt my brain just to hear him talk (laughs) and so since that time since we had him on the show Mm -hmm. I have started with my son doing the fallacy detective Mm -hmm. book Mm -hmm. and that has been (laughs) I mean he's 12 and he's crushing me at it sadly but it has really helped me um, on a level that I can begin to learn my Mm -hmm. own critical thinking skills and becoming a discerning reader. I mean, there are times, like you said, we have to read things that are not necessarily all from a biblical worldview Mm -hmm. and listen to things that aren't and being able to process, not just to spot the fallacies in other people's arguments, which I think Mm -hmm. is where our mind likes to go Mm -hmm. when we, become educated on fallacies like, oh, that's an ad hominem right there if I've right, ever right. heard it. <laughs> like we really love to use, to weaponize that knowledge, mm-hmm. but instead using it on ourselves and saying, where am I defending my faith in areas that is just, that are just really not logical and Mm. and god is so logical Mm. and the bible is so logical and how am i using my emotions or other things uh to inform this in me so anyway that's a resource we'll put in our show notes to and point our listeners to as well as everything you guys offer at world which is phenomenal now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents today's quick tip is courtesy of kelsey so kelsey what do you have for us today so, food and hospitality are super important in my family. Mm.
2: I, so much so that you can hear in a lot of my speech food metaphors. But <laughs> we find it to be so important. We try to do early training with our children as early as they can hold a butter knife, teaching them knife skills as they cut through that banana. But nowadays, what I do, it's connected to my quick tip from last time. I have them cook the meal that they chose during our menu planning time. And so even our seven year old gets involved. And she is so motivated by this because she has had to take some ownership. She chose it. And now she's ready to lay the table and to make a beautiful environment. So she can be a little bit harder than her sisters to encourage to run errands with me or to do chores. But this has sealed the deal. Her motivation is where I get her to do fantastic things like actually go into the grocery store with me. (laughs) So that's my quick tip for for today is use their motivation
0: Particularly in the area of food, everybody's got to eat. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) we'd we'd be a peanut butter and jelly for dinner family if my seven year old had had the choice. (laughs) (laughs) We eat a lot of
2: cheese boards at our house right now. (laughs) Yeah, he likes a good charcuterie board. He sure does. We all
0: do. (laughs) Peanut butter charcuterie. (laughs) Well, listeners, if you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com quicktips quick tips to submit those.
1: Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for taking time to come back on the show today. And, you know, I never knew that talking about the news could be so encouraging. (laughs) But,
2: you know. Thank you for having me. Yeah,
1: yeah. But, you know, you just bring it into perspective. In Mm -hmm. anything, all the bad news, when we hold it up to the good news of the gospel, we see how God's hand is working in all things for His glory. So, Kelsey, where can our listeners go to find out more about you, your ministry, and in particular, the
2: work you're doing? with God's World News. One of the easiest ways to find us is at gwnews.com. And specifically for our work with News Coach, you would do gwnews.com slash News Coach. That gets you to the places where you can find our writing, our podcast concurrently, or also those little seed sites for our different publications for kids.
0: And can I also plug here, I love... The World and Everything in It Mm. podcast. So listeners, if you haven't heard of The World and Everything in It, you want to stay informed with the news on a daily basis um, every weekday. Do you guys have a – you have a weekend when? Do you do a Saturday? Sometimes we release special episodes on Saturday. A lot of
2: time that's where they will start encouraging other listeners towards like our podcast podcast on concurrently or lawless or listening in because we have a huge suite of podcasts for sure in our world family. So that's right. Yes.
0: But the world and everything in it is absolutely one of my favorites. And it just I I have never had an experience before that where I listen to the news and feel encouraged when I'm done. And so I just really appreciate the work they're doing there as well. But so listeners, go subscribe to The World and Everything in It as well as concurrently for sure. Yeah, Katie got me on uh, listening to The World and Everything in It.
1: And it's just so encouraging because what I was listening to was not bringing encouragement. And so Mm -hmm. Katie said, you need to go listen to that. And I have. And it's just been a game changer for me Mm -hmm. because it it
0: just points us back to the Lord. And that's where Mm -hmm. we all need to be pointed. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, we will put links to all of these things in our show notes, listeners, so you can easily find that. Kelsey, how about leaving our listeners with a final word of encouragement?
2: Yes. So we've been talking a lot about how discipleship is in action when we increase our news literacy. So today from Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen through 20, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me.
0: Can someone give us a version of the Bible where Kelsey reads it? That's what I'm saying. Can we do that? Can we oh, lobby for that? What a compliment. Uh. <laughs> I I there's nothing. Okay, we I'm going to get to the closing here in a minute, but I really do not like when people will read through the Bible as though it's the most boring book they've ever read. In life. <laughs> I love it with feelings. Thank you Kelsey for giving us that. Such a delight. Well, thank you so much, Ginger and Kelsey. And thank you, listeners, for joining us today. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever it is that you're listening now. And while you're there, could you leave us a rating or a review? This is a great help to us to get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. You can find our show notes, which will include links to everything we mentioned in today's episode, at Ginger's website, which is gingerhubbard.com. And while you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can also find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. So today we're offering her parenting book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That, Biblical Wisdom for Taming Your Child's Tongue," at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. Ginger also offers a free discussion guide for this book on her website, which is great for book clubs and small group studies. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard, and you can connect with me on Instagram at corner. That's K-A-T-Y in a corner. Thank you so much for joining us today, listeners. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.